Hey, welcome in to episode number 25 of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. Don't have my microphone for this intro and the outro on this episode. Not working. Little technical difficulties, but you can still hear me. Maybe a little echoey, but, but that's all right. Had my microphone for the interview I did in this episode. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to say we are one week away from the nominees being announced for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. I'm very excited. I haven't seen the list yet, but uh, hopefully I can get it, my hands on it a little bit ahead of time and we'll see who's nominated. We've seen a few names out there already, including the great Elvira Kurt, Al Waxman on the list, just to name a few, but more names will be added to that nominee list. And then it'll be your turn to go out and vote on who you want to see in the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. We got a big press event coming up next week. It'll take place in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Look at our social medias for details on the press event happening in Hamilton next Tuesday. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing event. Can't wait. It's nomination season, and then it'll be Hall of Fame induction season shortly thereafter in the fall. It's gonna be an exciting year. Okay, let's get to it. Very fun episode. I had Chris Nielsen, Bart Bachelor. You might know them as co-creators of series like World Doctors, Night Sweats, and so many other animated comedies. They have a brand new show that's launched June 4th on Adult Swim Canada and Stack TV, where it is streaming live and on demand. It's called Psycops. Uh, if you like shows like The Office and Archer and you're a fan of all things like comically spooky, this new series will meet your binge criteria. It is hilarious. It features two CFFs, which stands for Coworkers, Friends Forever, Paranormal Investigators at Psychops, which is a secret agency crammed into a shady office complex. Chris and Bart, they are uh, not only the co-creators, they are the co-stars. They play Kid and Felix. Uh, and it, this, this show is absolutely hilarious. You have to check it out if you like animation, if you like comedy if you like sitcoms if you like the x-files it's all those things mashed up into one had a great chat with chris and bart we talked about the canadian comedy uh, industry we talked about the canadian animation industry we talked about what it's like working with an amazing company like adult swim canada and their comedy influence as well i hope you enjoy it Chris Nielsen and Bart Batchelor on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. Yeah, I don't know the house hippo. You don't know the house hippo? No. Ads? Oh my God. That was like a famous, it was like one of those Canadian heritage moments was about um, the house hippo, which is like this little hippo. It was, it was an ad like in the nineties. This is totally, this, this is the most off the rail start ever, but it, it was like a, a little hippo that they said, like came out in your house at night and like ate your eight crumbs on the, and it was presented as a Canadian heritage moment. They but the whole point, this one out east, out they west. did look it up. Yeah. Look, it's on YouTube, but it was, huh. it was like meant to be like a, Hey, don't believe everything you see on TV. That's when they were doing. Oh, it's like, nice. like a media literacy ad. Wow. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. We had a friend directing some part of our heritage. Scooter directed a bunch of those semi recently. Like maybe. They oh yeah, the, the the reboot when they rebooted them. He did one of the reboot heritage oh, really? spots. Yeah. I want to do one. Thousand yeah, they rest. should let us do one. That'd be great. We'll do the Thousand Islands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has there been an animated heritage moment yet? Oh, yeah, overdue. That's that's something that yeah you got to get on. I will start the formal part of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I've only read 
the title of your show. Um, I've seen like clips and stuff and all that. They've sent me the press junk and stuff. But is it pronounced Psycops? Oh, you got it. One and done. Okay. That's good. I didn't. I, okay, perfect. I didn't know if it was like PSI, like CSI, or. <laughs> I never drew the CSI connection. That's funny. We always thought like, oh, people are going to call it like pressure per square inch cops or like <laughs> tire cops. But no, you yeah. got it. It was clearly Cyclops or sorry, Cyclops, Cyclops, <laughs> Cyclops to me right away. But I just yeah. wanted to, I just wanted to make sure. Um, the for the relation to CSI is actually pretty funny. I uh, we got to do an episode on it where they get sued or something. It has to happen, or like they have it on their shirts and nobody can get it right. It would be very funny. We were we were halfway through the show and we were like, this name is really challenging. Like, and this is we've designed. They've said they have badges in the show. Like, we it, we can't change it. But just like as you're starting to get to know more and more people new to the show and they're coming in going pissy pissy cops and <laughs> pissy cops. you're just like oh no what have we done and hey, you're even, not the first one to say cyclops either that oh, happens no. a lot we do the, yeah the cyclops uh, are here before i saw the clips i was thinking that maybe there was like a cyclops like it was a one-eyed person that was <laughs> before i saw the visuals of it but uh That's an actual one-eyed yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but like sigh, like it, it kind of means paranormal. Uh, for mm -hmm. anyone who, who doesn't know that strange word, uh, and that, yeah, that's good. And uh, because the whole show is about supernatural detectives, uh, they're not supernatural guys looking at the supernatural, yeah, psychops. It sounds cool when you say it, when you read it, it's confusing. I, I love the way it sounds. What, what, what were the influences for the show? So, I like you know, reading, watching, I'm thinking X Files um as like a huge influence go going in which actually a lot of it was filmed where you guys are in vancouver um, uh, yes uh, definitely um, x files is is for the non-comedy portion for the atmosphere and tone uh, it's it's definitely relying a lot on x files and funny enough the location uh, that was where intentionally the show takes place in vancouver where x files shot vancouver to represent everywhere else in the world we're shooting Vancouver, shooting Vancouver. I mean, we're animating it. Um, <laughs> we're animating Vancouver to be Vancouver. Like it's actual locations. The backgrounds are sometimes made for real images of Vancouver. It's it's yeah, it's kind of fun. That's uh, that's awesome. So obviously, X Files was there. Other what was like the comedy influences? Quite a lot. It's an adult swim show, and we like. 15, 20 years ago, really got into early Adult Swim cartoons. So things like Space Ghost and Aqua Teen Hunger Force were huge influences for us. That the kind of early absurdity that Adult Swim was doing, real low budget, repurposing old shows, it was it was glorious and a huge influence on Chris. And then this is kind of like it's really the uh, the culmination of our own sort of comedy practice. Like we. Uh, we kind of have this thing going about two guys with jobs. And I know that doesn't sound too original or special, but it's literally, we have this two man stick and uh, you stick them wherever and we can make it funny. As long as the job is somewhat boring, has something to hang normal everyday life stuff on. We can be idiots in that space. And we thought, <clears throat> why not just, uh, you know, give Scully and Mulder's job to two idiots, see what happens. <laughs> that's kind of been like the office model right and i feel like there's that's obviously an in influence of that um a show recently i did media for shelved um uh, where it just takes place in like a public library um mm -hmm. there's a there's a but like the same kind of formula of those two or those multiple characters that are just 
you know, it's the comedy around them and, and the atmosphere is kind of like everything else, you know, is happening outside is kind of mundane, but it's it's the way they handle that mundaneness, right? Exactly. And kind of the nice thing about Psychop's setup is it's kind of half uh, office comedy and then half field comedy. So like kind of similar to Archer, they, they, they go on missions. They got to go research some vampires that are apparently living in a neighborhood. They got to go check out a ghost that's in, in a mansion. So they have the part that takes place, the ensemble piece, which is like back at home with all their fellow co-workers. And then they go out and get to be stupid in the great outdoors. <laughs> and then quite often we are in a position where we're trying to truncate that amount of time they spend in the office as much as possible. Like uh, the briefings can be some of the most boring things to us in the world. So we try to get through those in... 30 seconds, less than a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's uh you mentioned Space Ghost too, and I had to write that down because I'm like, I need to go back and watch Space Ghost. I, I loved so that good. show growing up. Yeah, yeah. It would always it was it would come on after something that I was really into, but I would always stay for it. You know, I forget what it was specifically. Um uh what what would you call this like animation style? I don't this isn't like uh an animation style that I that I've typically seen but it was definitely like eye catch catching and i'm and i'm into it but what what would you call it how would we brand it that's an interesting yes. question we, yeah. we usually say uh naturalistic that can get really broken so like it's really we the, the core is made from 3d characters that kind of have a naturalistic feel to them so i like that you said it didn't feel typical that was our, our number one goal there's a lot of great cartoons out there right now that look amazing that kind of brick and mortys and the gravity falls and all this but they do kind of have a little bit of an overlapping tone that we wanted to try to separate ourselves from so that when you see it you go oh this this feels a bit different and yeah, that, that came down to kind of designing in 3D, but animating in 2D. As soon as I watched the first trailer, I was like, oh, this is something different. Like, this is this is not the Saturday morning cartoon, like, like type of animation, right? Yeah, that's yeah, really that's that is really good to hear. And I think, you know, like to Bart's point, we, we set out to make sure that it looked unique, like very visually unique. But I think also uh, you have to be careful not to go too far, make it too weird and like push people out. Like, I think some of our original web cartoons, like we really enjoyed broken 3D and hideous looking things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being ugly on purpose has its has its joys. But then, uh, you know, it can really put people off. So we want to kind of find that balance with this. Is is the word cartoon? Is that like uh, appropriate in your, or is it like adult animation? Is there like a? Uh, I'm just I'm just curious. I just thought of that. I'm like, oh, maybe that's not what I shouldn't call it. Oh yeah, no. are we offended? I don't know. <laughs> offended. <laughs> I, you know, it's really funny though. Like when we talk about it, I think uh, Bart and I are kind of probably on the same page here with this. Like we we consider it to be comedy before it's anything else, before it's right. even an animation. Uh, the mm. animation is kind of like the cherry on top, and we do things with animation that you you couldn't do in live action. And that's what really kind of lets the comedy sing. Um, so adult animation, I guess you could, that's that's definitely our umbrella term for it. But yeah, cartoon, but I'll take not, any day. Yeah, cartoon. I tell people but, I make cartoons. Yeah, I tell people it's a cartoon just so you can, you can grasp it. Because it's still, we were having this chat about it the other day. Like, there's these certain quintessential things about cartoons. Speed at which you can do things. Someone can walk in a room, can frost an entire set in 0.5 seconds people can fall in one frame so like the speed we're talking about the violence like that is a space cartoon there's always been a space to explore kind of you know what you know trying to have fun or acceptable make light violence of, of, yes. of violence and yeah so like 
And then silly voices, rid rid like ridiculous over top voices, like all the hallmarks of a cartoon it has for sure, it being an animated, you know. And so it just doesn't look right away like a traditional uh, cartoon. But also what's kind of fun about it, because it's done in 3D and the characters look a little more human than, a, than cartoon, when we break it and have them moving across a room really fast, getting in bizarre fist fights that they're happening, you know, it, uh, it's really apparent, really fun to, to see the juxtaposition. I just want to make sure I get like the right term, right? Especially when somebody's like making art, you want to like honor it. You know, I do stand up. It irks me when somebody's like, how was your skits, your little skits that you do? And I was like, oh, it's not, you know, so, so I'm sure you guys get a little bit of that too, right? You're, uh, you know, when you're, when you're working in like an untraditional medium. Oh yeah. Right. We've been spoken down to our entire lives. So we, we fully understand that. <laughs> but the, um, uh, like, uh, it is funny when people will describe us as comedians. And I know that that's a sensitive space too, because I mean, like, we're not comics, we're not stand-ups ourselves, but you know, we are writing comedy. So it's this weird sort of gray area of like, what labels can we apply to ourselves? I'll take them all. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Um, Kid and Felix, they're described as coworker friends forever, coworker friend forever, um, which I like, I haven't heard that term before. Is that, uh, obviously like a microcosm for your guys' relationship? We have been coworker friends forever, starting when we were, <laughs> we were I, I'm saying 20 years now we have been working, but we come from, uh, advertising. We both worked in the advertising world and on, on a lot of the big boys, McDonald's and stuff like that together and uh and formed our creative relationship during that time so we but we started as professional like we were friends before that but we had a professional relationship just as much as we had a friend relationship that eventually the cartoons took over in the last decade and we were working together fully professional but yeah it's funny to think that it's 20 years of co-working and friendship co-working and friendship and i mean i'd even go back to art school like that's kind of where we got our start working together was on student films we were uh, you know student friends forever for <laughs> co-worker friends forever yeah it's been I, uh... a while that kind of leads me to my next thing. I was I was going to get into a little bit how you guys met. And I wanted to do that through. I love to ask this question. It's just my own personal joy is if you know your first credit on IMDb, um, starting with you, Bar Bart, do you know your first credit on IMDb? I feel like it might be on Chucky. Was Is it a Chucky thing? It's not Chucky. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, the, it's the Canadian comedy shorts. Oh which I God. believe was on Comedy Network. Yes. Uh, yes. So I, I kind of, because you had that on yours, Chris, we'll get to your first credit here in a second. But did you guys um, meet there? Because uh, you both have that that early credit. So I was just kind of like, oh, this is, must have been where they've started collaborating. That's 100%. So up until that point, to Chris's point, we were uh, uh, student pals making a lot of weird art. And then we pitched Comedy Network or Kurt. Comedy Network to do uh, animated series and they commissioned six five minute episodes of the show called The Woodsman uh, from us. Uh, and uh, that was like our first like suddenly this friendship where we were just kind of goofing off and making dumb stuff. Suddenly we had like pressure budgets. We, it was every day after our 12 hour days in advertising, we'd go sit in this gross basement suite that I had and animate for three or four minutes, three or four hours more for like three or four months to get this series done. Meanwhile, eating a baguette for dinner every night, we were just starving and didn't have time, but we both got fat. It was awesome. 
tomatoes, <laughs> onion, and bread. That was basically the uh, starvation diet we made it through. And the other thing that I remember for that was the, because uh, we had to convert, Bart lived in a basement suite. We had to convert his closet into a recording booth. And because the Woodsman was kind of this thing where we had like video mouths on animated characters, we needed mouths to be perfectly still when, when we're acting. So we, we rigged up a, a bike helmet to two two by fours. So it, like you were locked in place when you were recording. <laughs> so it was like this helmet inside of a sweaty basement suite uh, recording booth. It was a nightmare. Imagine the landlord. Yeah. Imagine if the landlord just <laughs> walked in on that. <laughs> That's a wild scene. I still remember bringing an actor in there who was like not from the acting universe. And so he went, it was semi new to him. And we're talking like thin, one foot wide closet. We have a video camera, two guys and a dude in there. <laughs> I brought like, we had a nice chunk of, of we, had, we had a good budget. So we, uh, I had, I brought his money in cash. So that at the end of his, I knew it was just hell. I remember in this tiny closet, just handing this guy like a grand in, in bills being like, thank you. It's the only way just we could have made it. Sweating buckets. <laughs> just sweating buckets. A hot basement. Uh, that's, that is like the ultimate Canadian entertainment story. <laughs> that is, that is the perfect uh, concept of Canadian entertainment right there. Did, yes. So did you guys get like, uh, on this Canadian short series, did you guys get brought on just to make one short, and then there was other creators creating other parts to build out the show? Is that what it was? Yeah, we got. It was like five. a, yeah. Sorry, it it was like a uh, um uh compilation sketch show. So like there was okay. uh, other comedians had shorts on there, and it was like a half hour kind of program of other people's skits, little skits. <laughs> That kind of their skits, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that and then you guys did a very similar show later on on Adult Swim as well to that, where I believe it was other people's and and you guys were the hosts. The name of this show is escaping me right now, but I, I you know, that Night you guys sweats. would Night Sweats. That's it. It was a great yeah, name. Yeah. Um, probably yeah. thought of that name in the basement. Um, <laughs> but that was was that a precursor to Night Sweats then? Well, organically. That sort of came out that way, but they're entirely different writs. Um, so okay. Night Sweats came about uh, when we started making uh, our web series World Doctors um, with a company called Blue Ant out in Toronto that commissioned us to do that. And that was with Blue Ant and Mondo Media, it was a big YouTube channel, uh, where they would air our, our, our series. So we were part of a, a big slate of uh, other cartoons on that slate, and they did the same thing. They packaged it all up, and they got Bart and I to kind of host a half-hour show encapsulating a bunch of them. Awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. I've I've watched a few episodes over this past week. It was. It was very funny. Um, it's. A, it was a vibe for sure. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Um, Chris, I want to get to your first IMDb credit to get back on this little thing that I love. Um, okay. I, uh... By the way, I've done this with mo. If you have IMDb, I'm asking this question. Nobody's ever known their first credit. Like nobody's ever got it right. I'm loving um, this one. Funny. But we'll see if Chris knows. Okay, well, I uh, well maybe I will be the first because it's not mine. Uh, that's the funniest thing is like my first credit will be the Canadian comedy shorts, but I think I've got like two credits on there that are for other Chris Nielsen's. <laughs> and I, I was think wondering, it's, this. is it is it the shoplifter? Yes, it's well American Shopper. Oh, right, oh okay, American Shopper. I'm halfway there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which have like, you seen I don't this? Know where it came from? No, I have not. I've tried to oh find it. God. I think it's like a little. Uh, a short film or something, but yeah, that's it. 
Yeah, it's a full-length documentary. Oh, really? um, yeah, where this guy, <laughs> I was, I was, I'm like, kind of heartbroken that you're not in this. But um, <laughs> this guy invented a uh, a new sport where you get ten items at a grocery store and you have to find these items in a grocery store with style. So you get judged like you have to dance or like have costumes or decorate your shopping cart and he brings this competition to like columbia missouri and the the town goes crazy for it like they have like thousands of people coming to watch this growth that he just invented it's wild uh this is amazing i yeah. i'm so glad he did a deep dive on that now i know i do uh, now I'm... it'll be easier to get it purged from my my imdb page <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i i love i i love the deep dives yeah maybe leave That's it there amazing. i don't know I, I love uh, American Shopper. Why isn't that on anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the sport they invented was called aisling, like to go down the aisles. How did so. this get sold? Amazing. I don't know, but it, it looks good. Like it looks like they put some money into this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, after. Anyways, completely off topic. I, uh, I, I do I do have some like industry questions. Like, how strong is the Canadian like adult animation industry right now? I'm thinking uh just a, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Mark Little. Uh he has the show Gary and His Demons, um, which which is a great show. It's a Toronto comic. Um so how strong is the industry? I feel like it's it's a good time for Canadian animation um right now. I think yeah, at right. any given time in Canadian adult animation, you could say it's a good time and, and a horrible time, depending on mm -hmm. where you are. Because I think it's such a tiny pool and um, and you're very lucky to be part of it. And, and Bart and I are just like, you know, our, thank our lucky stars that we're, we are involved in this. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Gary and his demons, we know the producer. We know Josh Bowen. He, he did World Doctors for us. So mm. small pool. And we've got friends at... Uh, Jamfield in Ottawa, who have a couple of Netflix series, I think they're working on the inside job and a couple okay. of those. So like there is, there is an industry, uh, but Bart and I are still kind of, we're, we're outsiders in the weirdest way, because probably geographically we're the farthest away from everybody. I mean, and, and I would also say that we came out, we came in a much different route. Like, I guess though, that when you think about Mark Little, like you didn't start out to make, well, but he's been involved in kind of that stuff forever, but I always think of power thirst. Oh, that, God, that was turbo. Arthur's, yeah. That was so yeah. good, yeah. Uh, but yeah, because we came up going to art school, then we got an advertising. Like, we only recently entered the the, the regular animation scene with, with the launch of Cyclops. Everything we were doing before that, we were doing in a grimy little office downtown Vancouver, just inventing it ourselves. But we should, you know, it's interesting with what Chris mentioned, Josh Bowen. Yeah, he's he, when you think about it, he's kind of proliferated a lot of what's going on in in Canada cartoons. It's worth the guy worth chatting to. He's he's great. Uh, uh, but I guess that it's even a bigger question, like worldwide, how much adult animation gets made. And when when Chris and I have been paying attention over the last 10, 20 years, it's like not a lot. You know, like we we're involved in kind of the production of possibly doing a kid show right now. A trillion kid shows get made for everyone adult animated cartoon like you know you literally people, that's that's it that's the math one trillion for every <laughs> that's a lot of shows <laughs> so it's it's a tough game to start for sure but it is kind of cool that canada's got got their fingers in it i i feel like there's a real appetite for it though like i feel like you know when i mention gary and his demons like people know what i'm talking about 
obviously there's like the big ones like um you know like family guy and those ones that the fox did but like even a show like archer which was a little different you know that took off and just has this huge fandom around it so there's definitely an appetite um for adult animation absolutely Um, this is like i said up front canadian comedy hall of fame podcast so there is actual a canadian comedy hall of fame where we induct people um across the whole gamut of canadian comedy um i can't think of any like animation that has been inducted into this hall of fame which um is definitely something that that needs to happen um since you guys are canadian comedy animators who what would be like and even maybe they are um influences of yours growing up like what shows canadian specific doesn't necessarily have to be that that you grow up on animated that are like this paved the way for us um i know that's a big question and a big ask to pull off the top of your head but um was there anything growing up you're like oh this really influenced me um to get to get into this and make these um funny skits We have Canadian comedians for sure that were huge influences on us, but sadly the animation, I can't really, like growing up, I can't really think of anything Mm -hmm. that was highly influential. You know what's interesting too is like when you're a kid, you don't really, you're not really paying attention to the difference between Canadian and American. You're not thinking now, when you get, as soon as my early 20s hit, suddenly I cared a lot, you know, but Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. until then discerning it. Uh, Chris, can you think of any? Well, there is, there's, there's odd ones. And it's weird when you talk about influences, because, you know, there's some that you might not think are influences when you're a kid. I, I, you might not even think they're influences now, but they definitely paved the way. And I, I'm having trouble remembering his name, which is, you know, really embarrassing, but it's, uh, Kevin Spencer. Do you remember Kevin Spencer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it that? was a it was a series of kind of lower budget animated shorts that got turned it was like early flash cartoon shorts they got turned into an actual cartoon on the comedy network and then i swear to god there was a season of snl when a couple kevin spencer shorts were the the, the featured animation and it was like that is that's amazing that that kind of through line and you think about that because Early uh, animation influences are definitely like Newgrounds.com and like the the kind of late 90s where it was this sort of like underground uh, anybody had the ability to animate and publish it out to everybody on the, the internet. It was kind of like a first time that happened. Um, and I, I've... I, I think if you go back and look at them now, there's a lot of horrible things on, on there because it was like all of a sudden the floodgates are open. You can do whatever you want. And people did. But it was... Um, it was really cool to see the trajectory specifically of like something like Kevin Spencer getting like shooting all the way up there from a, a guy who's probably just working on his computer like like I'd like to do. Um, but that said, uh, we do have, definitely do have other comedy influences that uh, we got to talk about. Like uh, uh, Tom Green, for one, is one oh, that yeah. stands out. Like that time period, Tom Green was like, like you can do that. I like, I, op- I opened for Tom Green last month. Oh, uh, no way awesome dude like super chill like the chillest guy ever like just hanging out with his dog all the time but uh an influence is so many like especially like you guys talk about like starting underground you know where he was just making videos with his friends uh did some cable access stuff in ottawa and then got picked up by mtv and skyrocketed from there like that's that's the canadian story right like somebody grinding out 
um, something like you guys did in that basement, same thing, grinding out to for years to to get to that level. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I, I hadn't really thought about that. That is kind of the Canadian model, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Zero budget. No Just one fake gives it till you shit. make it all the way. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, and that, you know, more recent, we were just, I was just texting Chris about this before. Do you know uh, Apollo Gauntlet, a cartoon called Apollo Gauntlet by a guy named Miles Langlois? He lives in Winnipeg. No. That's the, to us, it's just like the best animation online. Uh, and he's Canadian and he does this shit like in a, in a basement, you know, but he got a show on Adult Swim. Uh, he did a, uh, he, Apollo Gauntlet got, uh, fully picked up and he did a season and it's great, but his early stuff uh, is is the best. It's just the best. yeah. I think there's like two seasons of it on YouTube, and they are like uh, they're just magic Quality masterpieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was probably doing those like mid two thousands, uh, like maybe two thousand eight ish or something like that. So I was it was a big influence for us when we when we decided to switch full time to cartoons, which was a huge move for us, knowing that another weird Canadian was. I apologize for calling him weird, but <laughs> his cartoons are weird. If another guy's making real weird shit on YouTube and has kind of thrown a lot of his time in, uh, into it. And it was kind of like a little bit of a pickup for us going like, yeah, okay, someone else is doing this. We're not nuts. Mentioned Adult Swim there. Uh, before I let you go, you got to talk quickly about this network who um the constant theme in our conversation has been like picked up by adult swim supporting canadian animation and canadian content um your show comes out june 4th adult swim stack tv um just just talk about them what it what it's like to work with them and and the opportunity that they're giving these canadian artists well it's a little bit sidestep from la uh atlanta adult swim because it's canadian adult swim uh it's actually like run by the Canadian a team over at Chorus Network, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and and they, they basically it's kind of cool that Adult Swim US gave them carte blanche to just like make shows, make them awesome. And we were in probably one of the luckiest positions that the, the network really believed in how we do our stuff and 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 our voice, and they really let us run wild. And uh, and I'm saying like we would get we would send them entire finished episodes and get four or five notes and their notes were always great it was on clarity you know making sure that the things aren't confusing but and and that everything stood out and worked but they they were never critical of the comedy of our voice like they really let us just be ourselves it was like it was probably it was an amazing creative experience to work with them so i think they did a great job here in canada of taking on the ethos and aesthetic of uh, adult swim us and and letting us kind of play and have fun I mean, it's uh, it's a huge brand and uh, a reason like why Bart and I wanted to get into this in the first place was again to talk about like uh, Space Ghost and Aqua Teen Hunger Force and just finally kind of just play in that same playground has kind of always been a lifelong dream. And it's pretty awesome that we have like, I think it's like a 24 hour live Adult Swim Canada network. So it's playing all the shows, plus a bunch mm -hmm. of great Canadian stuff, a bunch of stuff that was originally done for Teletoon. So it's a great, um, my cat's playing around in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's really kind of, uh, not to sound cheesy, but it's like a dream come true. It's really exciting. Yeah, I, I love these, you know, Canadian success stories. That's what, what this is all about. Uh, the show anyways, about 
those those success stories in in comedy and there's lots of them uh, and they're worth being celebrated uh thanks so much bart and chris for, for coming on give me a little bit of your time uh it was tons of fun uh again june 4th psychops on adult swim and stack tv uh thanks again i will send you guys some uh thousand islands dressing right here <laughs> from the thousand islands uh Thank thanks very guys. much appreciate it that was pretty fun yeah. thanks chad Chris and Bart, the Thousand Islands dressing is in the mail. Thanks so much for, for coming on the show to both those guys. Don't forget, Adult Swim Canada, Stack TV is where you can stream it and live on demand. It is Psychops, a hilarious new animated show. Started June 4th. Do not miss this show. Chris and Bart, two great, hilarious guys who are making amazing Canadian animated television. Uh, don't forget, big announcement coming next week of the nominees of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame for the class of 2023. I'm very excited for this. I will break it down, all the details on next week's episode, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all the social medias. This has been a lot of fun for the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan.